Live from WNUR News, I'm Maria Jimena Aragon. You're listening to the 6 o'clock news on WNUR 89.3 FMHD1, Evanston, Chicago. It's Friday, October 5th, 2021. Tonight on WNUR News, the return to in-person theater on campus. Acapella's encore performance in the post-Zoom era, and the Mentalist X Northwestern collab, Nobody Expected. Those stories and more coming up tonight. Thanks for joining us on WNUR News at 6 p.m. It's currently 6.02 p.m. on Friday, October 15th. Feeling the Miami heat in Evanston, Illinois, the student production company Lovers and Mad Men are back with their rendition of Shakespeare's Much Ado About Nothing. I sat down during their final dress rehearsal to discuss all things theater at Northwestern. All right, Tom, get the plane. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 uh, Miami, uh, uh, South Beach, bringing the heat. Miami, Florida, a city known for its sunshine, beaches, and Shakespeare? Well, at least for this weekend it is, as the classical student production company Lovers and Mad Men premiere their rendition of William Shakespeare's Much Ado About Nothing. WNUR News caught up with the cast and crew during their dress rehearsal, preparing not only for a show, but the return of in-person theater on campus. My name is Gabriela Furtado Coutinho. I use she, her pronouns. I am a third year theater and creative writing double major, and I got the opportunity to direct Much Ado About Nothing. Could you please describe the show for us? Totally, so Much Ado About Nothing is a Shakespeare script. But in this particular rendition, it's reimagined in Miami, Florida. And I chose this setting because I feel that it is an explosion of joy. Um, and I think that's really, really needed right now. It's a, also a city in which people are really celebrated for the fullness of themselves. And I think that lends itself really well to healing to an audience like at Northwestern. I think that people will really have a good time. I'm specifically setting it in post-pandemic Miami, Florida. So it's that weird transitional phase in which, you know, there are the tensions of the pandemic. There are those stresses, yet people are still trying and managing to find moments of joy um, and reunification um, and community. I think is cool about this script is that every time I think Shakespeare is performed or classical text is performed, people find ways to reclaim. And this is a script I've been wanting to do for a long time. It's a script I have a writer that I've been wanting, whose work I've been wanting to reclaim for a long time. Um, and there's something about the poetry of Shakespeare that I think flips people's insides out and amplifies beautiful things about human nature um, sad truths about human nature and gives a really rich textual landscape to um, explore and have fun. I always thought that Much Ado sounded um, very Miami to me, very Latin, very immigrant, very like not old white dead men. Um, so it was something I wanted to share. <laughs> And it feels 
feels like a party. So that was also really my hope with this production is to make it feel like a party, to make it feel like an experience and not just a theatrical event that you go to, to sit down at a chair and watch and the lights go out. I wanted it to feel like, you know, we're being invited into the community and the world of Much Ado. From dance numbers that invite guests to wobble or dance bachata, to beach balls thrown in the air, the show is never short of energy and excitement and you can even see it reflected in the wardrobe. Co-costume designers Claire Scavone and Jasmine Aladiaz explain their inspiration. Uh, very luckily, we were given a very, very fun Pinterest board um, of just kind of modern day Miami fashion. So we didn't want anything to feel tacky, hopefully, but we wanted there to be colors and prints and fun. And when someone wore solid colors, we wanted it to be like a reason that they're wearing solid colors. And when someone wore a bright pattern, we wanted it to be because they would wear a bright pattern. Um, especially just because I think that when you're doing Shakespeare modern, the fun is that you're always doing it of whatever year you're doing it. And trends change so fast that like, you're really kind of able to capture your lightning in a bottle with Shakespeare because there's so many things you can do with it. So Hopefully there's like a little bit of 2021 fashion in there, um, which would be cool. Uh, yeah, just like uh, taking from, you know, like bright, bright, fun patterns, bright, fun colors, like Claire said, um, and just trying to bring that Miami Beach kind of essence into um, Evanston, Illinois. <laughs> Shockingly few um, bathing suit bottoms to thrift in Evanston. Not a lot of people going to the beach in like mid to late October in Evanston. So. Tackling the realities of a pandemic has been an ongoing challenge as the show transitioned from Zoom in early June to starting in-person rehearsal in September. Double masking and weekly testing have been some of the protocols the show has adhered to, and with the university allowing actors to perform unmasked, the show must go on. Hi, I'm Mark Berry. I use he, him, and they, them pronouns. I'm a third year in a school of communications studying theater and uh, the business institutions program. And I'm the producer of Much Ado About Nothing. So many feelings all at once. <laughs> Mostly just like awe that it actually is happening. Um, most of this process for me has been Gabrielle and I just kind of adding ideas on top of each other and then being like, okay, now which of these can actually happen? <laughs> um, and so much of it has been able to happen in a way that I never expected that um, it's going to look gorgeous. And um, so much of my feelings are just excitement and like pride that we were able to pull it off. Things are coming together well. I, I think this team is genius and is, working our hardest to make the best show possible, but in doing so, to do it in the safest and healthiest and happiest manner we can. Make sure to check out a performance this weekend on Friday, October 15th, or Saturday, October 16th at Shanley Pavilion. This is Maria Jimena Aragon, WNUR News. Stay tuned, there's more WNUR News coming up in a few minutes. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's humble and perfect. 
She likes everyone. She even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? Allison, no, that's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Why, Allison, why? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hey, what's up? Holla at ya, boy. XOXOXO. You getting these texts? Question mark. Where are you? What are you doing? OMG, you are making me mad. You better text me back. I'm waiting outside your house. Relentless, aggressive texting is like sending an angry robot to deliver your message. When does the robot become dangerous? Let us know at that'snotcool.com. That'snotcool.com. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Ever wish your car would get better gas mileage now that you've seen what you're paying at the pump? You'd be saving money, and your car would be putting out less fuel exhaust that pollutes the air. The folks at Environmental Defense suggest the next time you're in the market for a car, choose one with the highest fuel economy that meets your needs and fits your budget. By doing that, you'll help reduce pollution and our country's dependence on oil. Find out more at GetGreen.com. That's GetGreen.com. This message is brought to you by our friends at the Ad Council and Environmental Defense. Every 20 seconds, another kid drops out of school. If we do nothing, 3.5 million kids won't receive a diploma over the next four years. United Way knows that kids who have a caring adult in their life are more likely to make it. And the difference between a dropout and a graduate could be you. Take the pledge to volunteer now at unitedway.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Welcome back to WNUR News. It's 6.11 p.m. Central Time. A new year means a new opportunity for students to join one or more of the 500 clubs on campus, including Northwestern's vibrant a cappella scene. Reporter Ella Gatlin with the story. Northwestern's vibrant a cappella scene is back in full force this year after over 18 months of Zoom rehearsals and restricted opportunities to meet. Last year, everything was virtual. It was a really difficult time for everyone. For this interview, I spoke with senior Claire Kwan. Kwan is the president of Thunk Acapella and NACA. For those who don't know, NACA is the Northwestern a cappella Community Alliance, the group that oversees a cappella auditions in the fall and works to foster a sense of community across all 14 of Northwestern's a cappella groups. I asked Kwan a few questions about what a cappella was really like last year in the thick of COVID restrictions. Um, so it was very sporadic. It was difficult because we were all kind of in a bad place mentally, but a lot of us in the group wanted to continue having meetings and trying to record stuff for our album because this was a really important community to us on campus. I know for other groups as well as Thunk, we felt really strongly about that, um, about providing new students a community, a stable community, when it really felt like the world was like totally falling apart and that school was not real. To Kwan, 
Working to keep acapella afloat was doubly hard as a result of the pandemic-related mental health decline that many students experienced last year. You know, it was difficult, didn't really have a plan because I think we were all kind of in a pandemic mentality. We didn't really know what was going on. And also it was very tough overall to organize things um, because, you know, there was a lack of motivation just overall. Um, mental health was really struggling. So Quan took on extra work to ensure that acapella stayed alive in some capacity. I got really excited and I was like, all right, this is how we're, I was throwing out all these ideas, trying to see what would stick. And we had meetings um, about how to run virtual auditions and um, how to spread the word. And also I felt really passionate about the fact that acapella, it does offer such a great sense of community for new um, students who are coming in and just starting their college career, especially during the pandemic. And though Quan took on much of the workload, she was not alone in her efforts. I've had people, you know, a team who is helping me. Um, that includes Stephen Liu, Craig Carroll, who really kind of acted as my right hand in like the past week, Michael Sanko, uh, Liam Wentz, uh, and before he graduated, Connor Burgett was the only one who had been on NACA before the pandemic. This year, auditions were held in person, but were spread out around campus more than they normally would be due to capacity restrictions created in response to COVID-19. In past years, you'd walk by Kresge and Losi during auditions week um, and callbacks week, and you would see the building like swarming with people, like so, so many people just like packed in. Um, and obviously we couldn't do that in COVID times. Thankfully, this did not deter students from auditioning. Quan estimates that upwards of 150 Wildcats came out to audition and has a message to share with these students. Thank you to everyone who auditioned. Um, those who are called back, those who got into groups, those who didn't, like we are really grateful overall. And um, if you didn't get into an acapella group, that really doesn't mean anything about you. I just encourage, highly encourage, especially if you're first year or even a second year, you can like audition next year. Um, and yeah, my hope is to just like really expand that feeling of community outside of just acapella groups and not make it so exclusive because I think it has felt like exclusive and competitive in the past. My hope is to really just try to open those things up and um, yeah, and to, to promote that sense of community overall. For information regarding upcoming acapella events on campus, follow the NACA Facebook page or look for your favorite acapella groups on Instagram. For WNUR News, I'm Ella Gatlin. Oh, I'm caught between your love and a hard place. While some students spend their Thursday nights studying in the library, others spend their night in a trance. Justine Fisher with a scoop. Chris Carter, hypnotist and mentalist, wowed students with his performance Thursday night. Here's a preview into the show and some insights from Chris. Uh, what made you want to be a hypnotist and put on the kinds of shows that you do? I was hypnotized in high school. In fact, I was in the audience. It was an assembly telling my friends how it was all going to be nonsense. And then suddenly I was walking off stage and had no idea how I'd gotten there. But everybody told me what I had done, so I said, this is really cool, I've got to learn more about this. I had a psychology teacher in high school who gave me some books, and I worked with them and I practiced on my friends, and I got nowhere. So I kind of shelved that for a little bit. A little bit later on I said, you know, I really want to dig into this. So I arranged an internship with a professional uh, hypnotherapist who also did shows. And so I would travel with him in the summertime, and that's how I really learned how to do it. Um, did you learn anything particularly special in that internship? 
Yeah, I did. I learned a lot about how to take this aspect of psychology and put it on stage. And, you know, it, it's interesting because hypnosis can be a very powerful therapeutic tool, but I really wanted to entertain with it. I wanted people to see what it looks like when people just suddenly lose all of their inhibitions and their imaginations ramp up. Uh, I just thought it, first of all, it was innately funny. But secondly, it was great just to have the sense of, of the, the pure freedom of the people on stage. And that's really what I wanted to show. A returning favorite of Northwestern, what do you think about the audience here? I love the audience here. They're so enthusiastic and you get so many people who are, are eager to participate, which is really what the show is all about. I think we have a lot of questions. My favorite part of the hypnosis show is what I call my shoe thief routine, where I have somebody believe that he's compelled to go over and steal everybody's shoes from off their feet. Will you be doing that one tonight? Yes, I absolutely will be doing this. I, I, uh, I rarely do a show without doing that routine. believe that you like shoes more than most people like shoes. In fact, you will be obsessed by their shoes, and you will feel compelled to go up to that person and steal their shoes from right off their feet. Uh, my craziest mind-reading part was when I accidentally busted out a guy who was cheating on his girlfriend. And I didn't realize I was doing this, but I was talking to a woman in the audience, and I, I don't remember the name I said, but I just kept saying, like, Tony, who's Tony? And she said, nobody. And I, I knew that there was a Tony. I knew it was important. No, that means something. And then I just kept coming back to it. Are you sure? I finally said, I know. You spent the night with Tony. And she went, oh, yeah. And then I heard this shriek from across the room. Another woman just go, ah. And I realized, oh, you're Tony's girlfriend. And then some guy just got up and bolted out. And that was who it was. Have you ever tried to get to the bottom of other relationships? No, absolutely okay. not. No, you, you, you learn the hard way. Don't do that. I do have something that I'll probably do tonight where I have some people uh, concentrate on the first name of the first person that they can remember having a crush on way, way back when they were a little kid. Each one writes down the name of their first crush, and then somebody takes one of these and reads it aloud. And by using sort of a, a lie detection process, I figure out which crush goes to which person. And I can hear you thinking, oh, Noah. Is it Noah? Give it up for And the reason I like to use crushes is because if something has a lot of emotional content, it's also something that they don't necessarily want everybody to know. Now, most people aren't too concerned about it, but there's just that like, oh, I don't know, this is kind of private. So it's right on that edge. It's not so far over the edge that they're going to be mortified if I guess it. But that, that emotional part is what makes it easy to read them. Is it possible, Madeline, that at some point in your life you might have said or done something that was not 100% accurate? Perfect, you're a liar, hang on to that. Uh, hypnosis is purely a voluntary state. It's referred to as a process of neo-dissociation. What that means is you're teaching a person how to very quickly dissociate from the executive part of their mind, which is, we'll call it the part of the mind that uh, edits and judges your behavior. So once you dissociate from that, there is no self-consciousness of any kind. You're really purely creative. Like I think I was like actually hypnotized because like I think sure so too. I think yeah, I think like <laughs>
I don't think I was totally in charge. Okay, ready? After the break, a quick weather and news update. Air travel is a big part of making kids' wishes come true for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. More than half of all the wishes granted last year involved traveling. You can help children with life-threatening illnesses continue to go wherever their imagination takes them by donating your frequent flyer miles. To donate, please visit the Make-A-Wish Foundation's website at www.wish.org or call toll-free 1-800-722-9474. Every day I wake up at 5 to give dad his medicine. Every day I wake up at 5 to give dad his medicine. At 6 I make his breakfast. Every day I wake up at 5 to give dad his medicine. At 6 I make his breakfast. At 7 I shower. Every day I wake for up For those five. caring for a loved one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community to help us better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. AIDS has created over 14 million orphans worldwide. That's the equivalent of every child under five in America with no one to watch over them. Won't you please help defeat this tragic global epidemic? At current rates, AIDS is turning another child into an orphan every 14 seconds. That's two more children orphaned in just the time it takes to make this announcement. Please go to apathyislethal.org or call 1-866-AIDS-FUND toll-free now. AIDS is preventable. Apathy is lethal. A public service message brought to you by the United Nations Foundation, the Ad Council, and WNUR. My name is Dale Pazinski, and this is how I live United. I volunteer with United Way, helping the homeless in my community by teaching computer skills and helping them build a basic resume to save on their very own USB drive. It's huge when somebody says, hey man, that job that you helped me apply for, I got it. My name is Dale Pazinski. I help people achieve financial independence. So I don't just wear the shirt, I live it. Give, advocate, volunteer, live united. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Welcome back to WNUR News. It's 6.23 p.m. Central Time. A look at the weather for tonight. Expect a low of 45 degrees and scattered showers. This weekend, temperatures will be a cool 68 degrees with partly cloudy skies. Now a look at our news roundup. Northwestern's homecoming and reunion takes place this weekend as Wildcats from all walks of life come back to Evanston to participate in festivities such as luncheons or guided tours. On Saturday, Northwestern football will face Rutgers at Ryan Field. Game time is 11 a.m. After the announcement of Rebecca Blank as Northwestern's new president on Monday, the university issued a correction in their initial press release. In it, it was stated that Blank was the first female tenured economics professor in university history. But in reality, it was Irma Adelman in 1966, as reported by the Daily Northwestern. The release was later changed to say that Blank was one of the first tenured female econ professors. The Black House at Northwestern was rededicated earlier today. The house underwent a lengthy renovation process that began in summer 2019 and was delayed by the coronavirus pandemic. 
Finally opened, the ceremony was a celebration of the Black House's history on campus and a space for students and alumni to gather in community with one another. That's all for WNUR News at 6 p.m. For more news updates and reports, follow us on Twitter at WNUR News. You can listen to these and other stories of the day on our Spotify, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. You can also find us on our brand new website, WNUR.News. Our producer today is Zach McCrary. Our reporters are Ella Gatlin and Justine Fisher. From all of us here at WNUR News, I'm Maria Jimena Aragon. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you back here on Monday, same time, same place. Now, back to scheduled programming, and good night.